What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Love listening to this podcast. Ever wonder what it's like to create a listening experience like this week to week? Do your friends always tell you, you should do your own podcast? Well, now this is your chance. Our podcast network, Podcast One, is looking for the next podcast star. Think it could be you? Enter the self-made podcast competition now and find out. Visit launchpad1.com slash self-made for a chance to win a contract with Podcast One valued at over $100,000 in promotion and so much more. Enter now until September 3rd and tell all your friends to listen and download. Check out the official rules and sign up for your chance to win at launchpad1.com slash self-made. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here back again with Bill Goldberg. How are you, buddy? How you feeling? I'm dazed, I'm dazed and confused uh, and continually <laughs> limp. That's it. Uh, just coming off of SummerSlam. By the way, great event. 21,326 people in attendance. And I talked to the powers that be, and they said it was, I believe, the most watched WWE event of the last 18 months, by the way. So just just a, a cool event. Uh, great to see live. You guys did a great job. Uh, you know, they they do. I, I tell you, they they did a, they put on a pretty good event, you know? They yeah. Pretty good uh, that's, you know, um, yes. It, that's an understatement, man. You, you can't really pass judgment on it until you see the, the underbelly of what's going on. But uh, to to have fifty one thousand over fifty one thousand people yeah. there, be able to entertain them, you know, it's uh, it's a it's quite an undertaking. But as you saw, it's uh, it's one that they take very seriously. They do a damn good job. They do a good job, and I'll tell you, you know, being being in the audience, interacting with some of the fans, and you see the group that's there. There's, you know, there's young people there that are there as a group, you know, a bunch of 25-year-old guys. And then there's a lot of families. And we were sitting next to a guy and his daughter. That's it, just the dad and his daughter. And she had the, you know, the, the Becky Lynch shirt on the man. And she was just, so when Becky came out as her big comeback, the little girl was flipping out. And she had the best time. And, you know, it was just dad and the daughter the whole time. And uh, I, I loved it. I've been talking with them. But I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> what you probably didn't hear about behind the scenes, and we dodged a bullet on this, is as you know with our drink, Bravago, we tried to get into that big venue. But it, it's it's very difficult to get into a large venue like that because those deals are made a year in advance. You know, a Miller or Coors or Bud, they, they pay $200,000 for the right to be there. 
and everything happens for a that's reason. Right. So <laughs> what happened is 51,000 people show up to this event. Everybody goes in, they grab a beer, they grab some nachos or something. They sit down and it's a long event. The pre-show is at four 30 to five. This started at about five and it went to about nine o'clock. Right. At least. Well, yes. after that first round of drinks at about five o'clock, Either the Wi-Fi or something went down in the building, and the point-of-sale system went down, which means at one point throughout the night, after about an hour into it, they gave away all of the food and water for free. No booze. No booze could be sold. So we would have been stuck with so much product. We would have been screwed financially. We dodged a bullet on that one. And it was actually funny at one point. We were sitting around with people and people were like, this is the most sober 51,000 WWE fans have ever been in their life. They're like, this is the driest WWE pay-per-view event we've ever seen. But they were kind of laughing about it because everyone was still having a good time and it was fine. There's nothing you can do, man. There's nothing, was, was nothing you can do. The concessionaires were, were great. They're just like, whatever we have, you can have. They couldn't give out booze, but they're like, you want bottles of water? You want a slice of pizza? You want a hot dog? We're just going to give it out till it's gone. And it took about an hour and just everything was pretty much gone. <laughs> you know. So most people were like, I can't I can't buy beer or a cocktail, but I got a free eighteen dollar slice of pizza. Exactly. <laughs> right? I got a free so twelve dollar hot they, dog, they right? Felt like they got something. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was it was it was kind of a, a, a trade off, but it was people were kind of laughing about it. They're like, What's going on here? And uh uh but man, listen, it it for us, just give you a little peek behind the curtain, the way Vegas works, we would sell to a distributor and Vegas does have buyback rules like for Barrett Jackson, right? We brought, we brought, I don't know, like 88 cases out to Barrett Jackson with the condition that they move as much as they can. They sell it, we get paid and then whatever's left, we buy back. So we thought we'd move about 50 cases. We brought 88 and it was almost right on the money. We brought home like 30 cases, so it would have been fine, right? Texas, for example, doesn't have a buyback law, right? So if we would have sold product to a venue in Texas and they weren't able to sell it, point of sale system, we still get paid. And then they've got to try to move it at other events in the future, right? It just It's on them. It's not on us. If we went to a Legion Stadium with 200 cases, you know— uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe 300 cases. We would have been bringing back 290 of those cases. And yeah, and we've been stuck with product. It just would have been a mess. So I don't know. I don't know if it was just a blessing in disguise, but uh, uh, not to mention rushing the product would have been to get it made um, in a specialty lab would have cost an outrageous amount of money. So we dodged a bullet there, allows us to focus on future events and getting the website up and selling direct to you guys at home listening. So end of September, the website will up. You'll be able to buy the product. We'll ship to 29 states using a, a bunch of retailer partners and, and whatever. we didn't so, dodge a bullet. We <laughs> dodged a mortar shell. Oh my gosh. It was, it was, it was, it was a big thing, but uh, it was great to, um, by the way, great to see the show. Great to see Gage get involved. I, I love the storyline <laughs> with Gage. I didn't see shit. You, did, you didn't see shit, but if you go back and you watch it, uh, 
you're going to love this little part. Little detail, little detail is at the end of the match, when you go over to Gage and you're kind of holding him and he, you know, he's supposed to be basically a little dazed and confused. He's got a little smile. He's got a little <laughs> smirk. And I was like, how can you not with 51,000 people? I was choking him. Yeah, yeah. 51,000 people. when you came over and grabbed me, you were choking me. Like, <laughs> I saw you smiling, man. So I had to get the smile <laughs> That's on. it. He had a little bit of a smirk on there. And I was like, oh, I love that about it. How can you not get jazzed with, with that kind of audience? I mean, you get pumped. Kid, the, the kid is impervious to pressure. Like impervious. He, he, he did, did four hours. Of, he did four hours of homework before he went out and you know jumped in the ring with a two hundred and ninety pound freaking monster who's beating his dad up. So yeah, he did. It, it didn't bother him. Didn't phase him one bit. Well, he had a great. I, I'm sure it was um, <laughs> great to see. I'm sure Wanda got to see it. She was probably a little nervous at first, but they're going, "Eh, this is this is what's supposed." No, to Wanda happen. was in the back. Was she? She was in the back because uh, if she was anywhere near that ring. It wouldn't have made any sense, right? She would have had to jump in too. I was Definitely just going to say that. I was like, what? "Where's Wanda? She's going to be out there soon." So, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was good. It was good to see. And you know, we we want to do stuff with Bravago and WWE. We had some nice conversations with them. We met a lot of the people. We showed up at the after party and talked to a few people there, and just trying to work on that relationship. So, um, you know, that's that was the whole point of of. You know, launching our product and getting everybody involved that we have fun with it. So um, I think we're going to be able to produce some fun content, some uh, some social media stuff. We have a good product. People seem to really like it. So uh, that's it. So follow us at Drink Bravago on social media. Drinkbravago.com is the website. If you sign up, we'll make sure you guys get the podcast listeners especially and people who sign up. You'll get the first shot at at getting the product. I'll offer something up. I don't know, some sort of coupon as well, some kind of discount. That'll be for the fans that have been been sticking with us for this and, and signing up on the on the website early. So much appreciation. A lot of work going into it. Um, and let's just face it, I don't have the Rock's money. So if I had Rock money, then uh, everything would be happening maybe even a little bit quicker. Um, but who knows? But uh, – uh, this is this is whatever everything happens for a reason. Yes. Uh, all right. We're going to get into some car news before we get started. Let me tell you guys about the Craig Pocket Hole Jig, the 520 Pro. You know, now anyone can easily create perfect, strong pocket hole joints with the, with the Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro. It's the most versatile pocket hole jig yet. If you guys are doing woodworking, you'll definitely want to check this out. It works with a wide variety of material. It's great for all types of indoor and outdoor wood wood projects. The Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro comes with everything you need. It's got the drill and driver bits, a material gauge, and a Craig Classic face clamp, 100 Craig Pocket Hole screws, and a full project plan so you figure out how to do it. It's only $99.99. You can get it uh, available nationwide, Home Depot, Lowe's, and other home centers, Uh, you know, woodworking places, hardware stores, pretty much anywhere. You can build... Pocket hole projects anytime, anywhere. Super easy to use. Uh, Adam's been using it. He loves it. So you learn more at craigtool.com. That's K-R-E-G tool.com. All right. Uh, you know, when we went up to Monterey, we uh, swung by our Acura party, which we always love. Uh, 
We told you guys a little bit about it last week. They put on this drone show instead of fireworks. They used drones, and it was super <laughs> cool, by the way, because you could put logos in the air, and you can spin them around, and they did this great thing. But what they did was they also debuted the Acura NSX Type S. This is the last of the NSX lineup, six-year run. It has 600 horsepower, some new aerodynamics. But what's interesting is what we didn't know at the time was – What's going to happen to the NSX beyond this? And Acura basically said recently in an interview, they said, look, you know, when the company has something to say, we would like to use the NSX to help navigate that story. So the first NSX, NSX, which lasted a long time, a halo car for the brand, the new one had the hybrid technology. Right, And that was a big thing for them as they lean into this future of hybrid and EV. So there will be another NSX, likely an all-electric version. But for now, and it might come sooner than you know between the first one and the second one. There was a long break in between. They're not going to wait quite that long, but something to look forward to. But for now, 350 units of the type s will be made 300 of them in the u.s they look cool i've driven the car it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome i haven't driven the type s but i've driven the other ones um but just so you guys know for you know those wondering this isn't the end of the nsx there will be another nsx at some point uh which is which is cool you know we like the car i don't know if you've driven the nsx but it's uh it's it's nice you know I, people are like, oh, you know, maybe the sales weren't there. They're doing big discounts and stuff. And what we said last week was it's it's not a failure. <laughs> it's a success because Acura said if you ask them, hey, how successful was the NSX? They said, well, the NSX sold a lot of our MDX, our RDX, uh, you know, the SUVs as a halo vehicle. Yeah. It, it ended up selling more vehicles in the Acura lineup and did well in racing. So, uh, you know, look, it's it's it did its job. Yeah, it did its job. Uh, speaking of, so EV stuff, uh, Ford Lightning. Uh, those of you got uh, on the reservation list, uh, I'm on the list. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I'm on the list anyway, just to, to get on the list. You know, as we mentioned, um, when they did that announcement, they got 40,000 reservations for the car, um, for the for the truck. That's ballooned up to 120,000 reservations <laughs> uh, right now. And uh, Ford doesn't want to flub this. So the 2024 uh, model year for the truck, they were going to – it was, you know, it was going to come out kind of mid-year and it was going to be – about 40,000 trucks that they were going to make the first year and then get that up to about 160,000. They said, we're, we've already invested. Uh, we're, we're, we're spending an additional $850 million right away. So that first year of 40,000 vehicles, they're going to double it to 80,000 vehicles. Uh, so what they're trying to prevent is people that have been waiting for – you know, other than chip short, waiting for Broncos, waiting for Mach 1s, waiting for whatever, uh, they're, they're trying to get ahead of that, saying we're going to build these trucks. Uh, granted, chips come in and everything else happens uh, on time. They want to make sure that there's going to be plenty available for everybody out there. So, Sounds good. Uh, it, look, we'll it sounds good. It, we'll see. 
I, you know, what's interesting is, uh, you know, we haven't talked too much about the Ford Maverick, the smallest truck, right? But the smallest truck, they opened reservations for that as well. There was no deposit required. You just sign up if you want the truck. So obviously, there are some names that will fall off, right? They got 100,000 orders for the Maverick. And they said a lot of them are coming from California, from L.A. and San Francisco. And what's happening is is a lot of people want a small city-sized truck, the ability to move some stuff around. And because the base engine is a, is a hybrid powertrain, it, it fits into – sort of the the direction California is pushing more than more than anything else. Small utilitarian vehicle that's easy to drive, comfortable and hybrid, right? It kind well, of none of that should none of that should surprise you by any stretch of the imagination. No, it it's 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 pretty much right on the money. What is surprising yeah. is the hundred thousand people who signed up for it. Like that's a pretty good number for them. I want to see how many fall off. If yeah, there's no we'll see. We'll see how far you know, I, like the lightning, we, you know, there's 120,000 people on that list and they said they're going to rush to get 80,000 done. There's some, there's a little bit of a bleed off. They're accounting for some of that bleed off. And some of those people, those reservations will go into the next year. There's new color options and things like that, that people want. But listen, if they moved a hundred thousand, uh, lightnings, that's still more than 10% of the F-150 lineup. Cause they're, I don't know, they do something like 960,000 a year, just under a million units a year. Um, you know, and speaking of, of colors, we didn't get out to a Woodward dream cruise, but there was a lot of stuff going on out there. Obviously Dodge did their big drag race and they got the YouTube guys out there. And, uh, it was, it was kind of fun to see some of that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it was happening right around the – it is happening basically at the same time of, of Monterey Car Week. It wasn't even like the week before or anything like that. So it wasn't any way for us to get out there. And SummerSlam, we both went to that, obviously. You know, a little bit more on your shoulders than mine, but uh, – <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> literally a little more on your shoulders than mine. Uh, but Ford debuted two new colors for the Bronco, for their Bronco. They – Came out with uh, I want to make sure I get the names correct on the uh, on the colors. Uh, Eruption green metallic and hot pepper red metallic tinted clear coat. I think the red metallic is already available on like a Ford Ranger or something. Um, it's okay. It's not my favorite. It's kind of an orangey red, but the green is pretty cool. That's a good looking color. It's kind of a yeah, forest green. That'd be nice. Yeah. Forest green. That works. Yeah, it's a darker forest green. Uh if you're thinking of your your charger, your I'm sorry, your challenger, your F eight green, it's not it's not that. That's that's brighter. Um this is much of of a darker green. So in the sunlight it's got a real a bit of green to it. And I'm sure at night it almost looks black. It's like it's a dark forest green. It's it's good looking. It's it's pretty it's pretty sharp. So anyway, those those were announced at uh, uh, in in Detroit, which is you know it's good. It's interesting. Uh, EV news we've got coming up. 
we've got this uh, this new Mazda. Mazda debuted the uh, the MX-30. This is their new small SUV or crossover, you want to call it. Um, it's interesting because Mazda Mazda's a good-looking vehicle. Their SUVs, the MX-5, sells well, does well. Um, Mazda has always done a pretty good job of of actually making affordable vehicles that I always felt had a little bit better than what you'd expect on the interior. You know, the types of materials, the leather, like it just kind of comes with with stuff that you would think would be a trim option above. Uh, so they offer some pretty nice materials. And this thing looks good. The interior looks good. Uh, it's going to be well-priced. $33,470 is the base price. And because this is Mazda's uh, first time getting into an all-EV vehicle, um, there is the federal tax credit up to $7,500. And uh, I think there's more of that even in California, somewhere between $1,500 and $6,000, depending on where you are. So this starts to become a pretty good option for the commuter EV vehicle. You know, I drove that Volkswagen ID4 recently. Wasn't a huge fan of it. The power was fine. Everything seemed fine. It just, it was just a little too, you know, iPhone-ish on the inside. Like I just, just give us a little bit more conventional interior. First of all, I mentioned this before, white steering wheel. I mean, I, I get it. It looks cool in the press photos, but who the hell wants a white steering wheel? Good luck keeping that thing clean. Not me. Uh, I don't want to white anything. Yeah, it just, it's just uh, – anyway, so there's one flaw with the Mazda, and it's the range, 100 miles. I, I, I just think we're kind of beyond that. A 100-mile range – just feels like constant anxiety to me, uh, range anxiety. Like, I mean, now it's just starting to feel like, like maybe a hundred miles works for a lot of people, but just in my mind, it's starting to feel like a fancied up golf cart. I mean, if you're not getting at least 200 miles, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's, it's, it just doesn't seem like a hundred miles is going to get it done. Uh, I'm really curious about that reasoning. I, you know, I just think just maybe the packaging and the size of the vehicle and the cost, I mean, to put more battery in it, even if you could fit more battery in it, uh, what's going to be the cost of that battery? I, I think they were just trying to do something different, maybe appeal to a little bit different customer and go, listen, it's 100 miles, but it's going to be super affordable and it's going to be the nicest thing out there in that price range. But I, I, I don't think that's going to trump the fact that it's only a hundred mile range. You know, what is it? Mid twenties, uh, 33, 33 before incentives. That's crazy. You know, but look uh, for me, all cars are expensive these days. Everything costs $40,000. I mean, so yeah, but there has to be some kind of positive to it. If you're only offering a hundred mile range on it. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, after incentives, you could get this thing for the high twenties. Right. Still. Uh, yeah. yeah that, 28 grand, something still, like that. That's still not, not as much of a hook as they need, I think, to only be a hundred mile range. Yeah. I, I, I wonder what they're going to end up doing with it. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's like they're getting us to talk about it right now, you know, for, for these reasons, but 
is there going to be a long-range battery for a couple of extra grand? And does that battery get you another 80 miles? You know, I, I don't think it's going to get you a 250 horsepower version or a range version, 250 mile version. But if it's 100 miles now and they had a 180 mile version for an extra 4,500 bucks, knowing that the incentives, the federal incentives could be up to 7,500 bucks, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use half that incentive or all of that incentive, you know. For the for the extra battery, that's probably where I go, and then just see if you can get into the dealer and get it nicely equipped, and see if you can get out the door for thirty five grand. You know, if they were able to do that, I don't know. But if if you want to get out the door for under thirty grand, you can do it, but you're going to get a hundred mile range. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not going to get that far out the door. (laughs) Halfway home. Yeah, you're you're going to get you're going to get. just down the street a little bit. Like, I, listen, maybe it makes sense. I just think they're definitely limiting the audience on this. So I, makes sense if it's a studio car, right? You go from studio to studio. I mean, in downtown LA, th- it, that's it. If 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 your commute is just like, you, you know, you, you drive it to work. It's a few miles away. Like, if you drive it to work and back, and your round trip is thirty miles you're going to feel comfortable with plugging it in at night. You can get away with it. But the problem is, is I don't know. I mean, I, I know some people have some very sort of scheduled days, but uh, mine are just kind of, I, I think often like a lot of people in, in, in the big cities, too many things come up. It's just too many things. Like you're, you're trying to get work done and then you're trying to run out and run errands or you're going to hit the gym or you got to hit the grocery store or you got to pick somebody up or pick up kids or drop off kids or, you know, or, or run to the vet. There's just like too many, too many little things throughout the day where, where you have to now think about the battery and plan around it. So anyway, just a thought. Let me know what you guys think as well. Is 100 miles going to get it done or do you just move on to something else? <laughs> you know, do you just end up getting ID4, Hyundai Kona, you know, Nissan Leaf even? Like, do you just – do you just – I, I even think – I think the Fiat EV, which I don't even know they're going to make anymore, I think that even gets a little bit better range than that. I can't say for sure, but – so does a traditional golf cart. Yeah, I think I think it does uh, get a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, the mini, the mini Cooper gets like 150 miles, right? So even then, it's it's a little bit more. Um, the Kona, uh, I think the Leaf is the mini is 150 miles. Um, I think the Kona is like 258. The ID4 is like 260. And I drove the ID4. You know, like I said, I just I don't know. It looks good, but I just don't know that 100 miles is going to get a ton. <laughs> That's kind of my thought. I don't know that 100 miles is going to get a ton. But uh, anyway, let me uh, let me tell you guys about the good guys real quick. We'll get into a few more things. The 34th West Coast Nationals presented by BASF. It's the Good Guys Rod and Custom Associations coming to Pleasanton, California. This is a big show for them. It's the 34th West Coast Nationals presented by BASF. It's at the Alameda County Fairgrounds, August 27th through the 29th. This is over 3,500 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, a burnout competition, 
a vintage dragster exhibition, plus a huge swap meet with hundreds of cars for sale. And they're crowning the winner uh, of the 2021 America's Most Beautiful Vehicle. Uh, again, the Pleasanton one is a big event. Definitely try to go out there. Uh, bring the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a model and pedal car display. The kids zone is free. You can get tickets now at goodguys.com. It's good-guys.com. Kids under six can get in for free. But if you want $5 off, go to goodguys.com. Use promo code CARCAST and get that 5 bucks off. Um, Pleasanton sounds that's a big uh, event for them. I think uh, Del Mar, right? We've gone to Del Mar back yeah. when we were living out here. You know, so, Good guys, yeah. You know, the events uh, have been uh, been going well for them. I, I, I think the attendance has been bigger. You know, the few events they've done this year, attendance has been bigger than ever. Uh, we can't wait to, uh, to, to get out there and check these guys out. So I'm going to be heading out to one of those as well. Did you see on the interwebs Ford Performance has teased – an e-crate motor and uh, an EV motor offered as a crate motor. Uh, it's yeah, going to be it's going to be debuted at the SEMA show. Um, we've got nothing more than just the teaser. We don't know what kind of power it's producing. We don't know if they're going to offer battery packs or how that's going to work or something kind of modular or harnesses to make everything work. But uh, it's 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 pretty interesting. Of course the we have the Ford Illuminator engines. Uh, well, this is an Illuminator engine. <laughs> so having a little fun with the name. Uh, not not very big. I mean, based on the diagrams, uh, 22.4 inches long. Um, I don't know the full dimensions of it. It'd be interesting to see uh, what they could possibly offer as far as power and torque. And... Will knowing Ford, right? At some point, if you're if you're a GM with their crate uh, EV motor, um, you're going to have to offer things like some way to mate it to a transmission, like some sort of bell housing and adapter. Um, maybe some sort of modular battery packs, like something the size of a fuel cell, and yeah. then say. Depending on your space, you can daisy chain one of these, two of these, three of these. Like we can, you know, like some way to do that, and then some sort of harness that is able to connect things. You know, uh, the last SEMA show that I was at, we went by a booth, a small manufacturer. Um, uh, you know, they they had like a '69 Camaro there, and they did an EV crate motor, and it just it wasn't easy. It was expensive. It wasn't easy. Packaging th- stuff was was a real pain in the ass, and it got very very expensive when you start to add all of the inner workings. Like the electric motor wasn't the wildly expensive stuff. It was like, how do you package everything in? It's a very much a custom job. Now we're starting to see builders out there like Jonathan Ward from Icon. I think he had a a Tesla-powered EV, like one of his derelict cars, a Cadillac, I think he did. Uh, I think Bodie Stroud did something. And there's, there's a handful of things. And there's EV conversion kits we're seeing, right? We saw... Uh, the 911e we saw the volkswagen um you know uh, schwarzenegger rolls around in a full-size humvee that's all converted to ev now because uh he turned into a big wuss (laughs) i'm kidding he's uh uh you know he's he's 
going down that path of like, oh, clean vehicles and whatever, which is fine. But by the way, his EV uh, Humvee is is faster than the regular Humvee. So it, it started to make sense. But so there are some conversions happening by companies that have figured out how to do it. And they want to do a handful of these things, right? 5, 10, 15, 20, who knows what. But getting into an EV crate engine uh, or crate motor, if you will, we have to get to the point where it's not a huge departure from what we know. And what we know is under the hood, we have we have engine mounts, we have a bell housing, you know, we've got, you know, whatever transmission you're hooking up to it. We've got a steering column. We've got, you know, if there's a way to make an EV package start to come together a little bit like that. Again, fitting up the batteries is is kind of an issue. Uh, I think the natural start for these EV crate swaps would be things like trucks, pickup trucks, SUVs, Broncos, you know, Blazers, because you've got a little bit more room, you know, to to stack batteries and you've got you know, underneath, like my, my lightning has got two fuel tanks and that's before I even get into the bed of the truck. Right. So that would be two locations under the truck where I could probably put batteries. If there was some sort of modular battery, you know, thing, you know, like how do I determine the dimensions, but you know, something along the frame rails, but I don't know, it could be, could be kind of interesting. And as much as we love like the old cars and stuff, it could be an interesting project to to jump into one day and go, yeah, I'm going to make an, an EV hot rod or an EV truck or an EV Bronco or or something like that. You know, I'm going to wait till the, I'm going to wait till most of the headaches are gone. I'm going to wait till the headaches are gone as well. You know, look, there's going to be a bunch of these TV guys as well that are going to have to do it. Like, I'm sure at some point somebody's going to go to like a Mark Warman and go, I, you know, I. I'm a Mopar guy. I've got a bunch of these things. Make me an EV version, right? Like, make me an EV version of something Mopar-ish. And he'll be like, eh, hmm, eh, interesting. <laughs> It'll be good for TV. That's probably not, not the first word that will come out of it. <laughs> but... Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. You know, somebody like him might uh, get into that that project just to, to try it, and it'll, it'll make for, for good TV. But I I think... I think both GM performance, Chevrolet performance, and Ford performance are definitely thinking about the packaging and the modularity of, of these things. You would have to, right? You would have to. Otherwise, what I don't know what you're doing. You're just you're just offering up an electric motor. It seems like that's the easy part. Um, like I, I think as as this progresses, like you're talking about. And it's easier to install in a conventional way, like put the motor in under the hood, make it rear wheel drive and just kind of bolt it together. But then it's going to start to open the door of, of how do we start making all wheel drive versions of things? Because we can do that with multiple electric motors and, and four wheel drive systems. And I'm not just talking about trucks, which already have the four wheel drive system. If you can connect the electric motor to it, what I'm talking about is can you get, you know, a 70 Chevelle or your 65 Mustang all-wheel drive yep. as an EV? Now you're talking about something that's kind of cool and pretty badass. 100%. You know, if you can get four-wheel attraction and have that thing launched like a Tesla Model S Plaid, uh, that'd be great. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw uh, Drag Times, that YouTube channel. They brought out 
the Tesla Model S Plaid, and they were drag racing it. They were running like, I don't know, like 950s or something in it or uh, 920s in it. It was like 150 miles an hour. Uh, just amazing, just cr- crazy. But then they brought out the uh, Rimac, uh, Nevera, and my God, is that thing fast. That thing was running, I, I think it was running eight, 850s at 160-something miles an hour. And the the Rimac test driver that was there on site, the drag times guy drove it. So they did a drag race, a heads up. They did three runs of this thing. The video was interesting. These guys, I don't know, for, they were so focused on on reaction time that they kind of lost sight, in my opinion, of of how fast and quiet these things were. But the Tesla was there fully charged with 100% power. The Rimac was there uh, fully charged and all the testing on the Rimac is still limited to 88% power. Uh, I, I wonder, under the right conditions and a prepped track, still on street tires, but with a prepped drag strip, 100% power, can it break the eights? Can that thing run a 790? Jesus. That would just be incredibly fast. It was interesting to see. I mean, these things were... We're, we're, we're kind of nutty. And the, I, I will tell you, I mean, you hear the electric motors and stuff, but when you see how uneventful the drag race is, and I mean that sort of in a good way, in an, entertain, in an entertaining way, because you don't really get to see it. You see the guys, you're like, I don't know, like is one guy's kind of in a fire suit with a helmet. Another guy's like in a T-shirt with a helmet. You're like, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to dress. Like, is it a drag car? Is it not a drag car? I mean, uh, you couldn't be able to take this to like a test and tune night on a Friday night and run 850s because then the guy at the end's like, I didn't even hear you go down the drag strip, but I kind of feel like you need a roll cage because you're, you're going too fast. And like, are you supposed to have a parachute? Can you just hit the brakes? Like, it's getting so confusing. The cars are going too fast. <laughs> it just, but it, it was, it was, it was interesting to see. Uh, I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more. Now, look, it's a $150,000 Tesla versus a $2.4 million supercar, so it's not really apples to apples. Uh, but it was it was kind of interesting to see. I, I don't know. Well, uh, I'm sure we're going to end up seeing more of this. I don't – listen, I'm all for making cars as fast as, as, as we can make them, but there comes some level of responsibility that I think a lot of people lack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? That's, that's – uh, and I, don't I think, agree wholeheartedly. I, I think there's a lot of antics on the road that um, that uh, don't need to happen. Look, with with as fast as these cars are going, maybe the final chapter of Fast and Furious, maybe Fast and Furious 10 will just be EV vehicles. It'll be a silent movie. It'll be a silent film. It'll just be Vin Diesel going, family, 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 and then just a bunch of silent vehicles. <laughs> Uh, all right. So let me tell you guys about, uh, about Geico real quick. Um, whether you own your home or rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work, but you know, it's easy bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. 
Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. I don't know if you saw this yet, but I just posted up on, on Instagram. I didn't get my Mustang Mach 1 back. It was down at Magnaflow, and then it went. Magnaflow dropped it off at Anderson Composite, so I haven't even seen the car in like a month. But they did send me pictures and video clips, and I got the Magnaflow exhaust installed on there. I think it sounds great. It's still tunable. They put the electronic valve. It's still uh, – I can control it from inside the cockpit, and when you switch to the track mode and street modes and performance modes, it still does everything it needs to do. It just does it all with a little bit more aggressive note. So it's actually really cool the way they've done it. Um, but also in the pictures, instead of having the big polished tip, now I've got the fighter jet gray with the black stripes, black wheels, the polished tip I didn't necessarily need. And they put on, they ended up doing like this really cool kind of textured black, like matte tip, almost a like carbon looking tip on it. So if you saw the photos, it's up on my, uh, my Instagram at Motorator. Huge, huge improvement. I think it looks good. Yeah, I, I like the look of it. I think it looks pretty sweet. I can't wait to like get into it and actually hear it a little bit more. But uh, shout out to Magnaflow. Thanks, guys, for doing that. Of course, Richard Waitis, uh, uh, you know, quarterbacking that for me and uh, getting it. Well, you and I are in the same boat because this morning I dropped the TRX off because of a nice package I got from Magnaflow from that said Richard Waitis and uh, – Nice three-inch uh, cat back, man. I cannot wait to listen to this thing roll. You know, and what I'm curious to find out is, look, I mean, cars are so efficient these days. It used to be we we put exhaust on it, and we're always like shopping around for the dyno charts, and when we're and going, hey, what what kind of power? Can we get are we another gonna get? eight horsepower. Yeah, can we get another eight horsepower? <laughs> yeah, back when we were getting 225 horsepower out of our Mustangs and Camaros, the eight horsepower seemed significant. Now it's just about the sound. It's just really about what sort of sound are you trying to get, and and it's a lot of personal preference, and then a little bit comes down to the cosmetics and do you like the way it looks and 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 stuff but look getting eight horsepower on on your trx isn't going to make a difference you're certainly not going to notice it or feel it but you've got one of your goldberg's garage uh performance packages on that truck right so now i'm starting to figure out this is where the exhaust starts to shine if you will is you're at a certain horsepower level now by opening up that exhaust. One, it's going to be louder because you're already making more power with it. And it is supercharged from the factory. So it's already got an aggressive tone to it. Um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, did you get any, there's plenty of video clips of the stock truck, but did you get any videos or sounds of the, of your stock truck before you sent it out to get the Magnaflow on? If not, we just pull clips yes yes i have uh i have a video clip of it going uh prior to going to gearhead the goldberg garage package uh afterwards which is now and then uh so the exhaust i'll I'll have a number of videos to compare the exhaust will be done and then the following week it's headed down to mario for twin turbo oh (laughs) all right well uh so we'll have a lot of different baselines. A lot of different baselines. So uh, tell us again where we can follow. Obviously on the podcast, but uh, you're 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 working on the YouTube channel, right? 
the Goldberg's yes, Garage YouTube channel. So uh, search for Goldberg's Garage on the YouTube channel. Um, we'll put up some links as we, we get those as well. You guys are going to be producing a new video around this uh, so we can kind of check this out. So it should be good. It's nice to get a visual and, and to, to just the podcast. Actually, that'll probably be – well, no, I'll have that in the, in the next installment. Um, the main content for the next video that goes up will be shot on Saturday, which will be finally me taking possession of the charger that I've been talking about for the past two years. So finally, it will be in my hands at Goldberg's Garage on Saturday. So we right got on. a lot of – Income. So this is this is the this is the fully built twin turbo car roll cage parachute high level yeah, I got a ridiculousness nice video tutorial on how to how to drive it <laughs> with the turbo four hundred in it shift reverse you know shift pattern and all that kind of stuff so hopefully I, I don't blow the motor. If you guys remember back, this is the the car that um, that Gearheads performance uh, Gearheads fabrication was working on. Got it built and then went out and, and to shake it down to test it to make sure it's going to hold up before they shipped it out to you. And then they just started breaking other shit throughout the drive line because <laughs> the engine the engine worked out well, right? Uh, no, they did something else on the engine as well. Something spun a bearing. Yeah, a bearing. yeah, there was a bearing uh, issue. So it was a little bit of a drive line issue, a bearing issue. Got it. Well, it gave out. us hey, it gave us an opportunity to have the car set down, you know, idle for a while so we could up the size of the turbos, <laughs> you know, from Boost Lab, and yeah. then uh, go out and get a Turbo 400 for it. So it, in all actuality, we gained a lot of ground by it being sedentary for about a month. Right, so. right. And all of this is part of the R&D process of, you know, the Goldberg's Garage power packs that you guys are going to offer. Um, yeah. You know, maybe this won't be a power pack, a 1,500-horsepower twin-turbo charger. We don't know. But yeah. – but, the durability testing required to get there, that those learnings trickle down to the packages that you guys will be 100%. offering, right? So that's kind of why all of this needs to happen. Not that any of this needs to happen, but oh, it must. It, happen. But it's it but it is and it is fun. Um, all right, before we wrap things up, I just want to give a quick little note about uh, a little update. Coming up soon, October 26th, will be the official debut of the Corvette Z06, which we've been waiting for. We've been hearing about the 5.5-liter flat-plane crank V8, supposed to be a 9,000 RPM redline. There was some teaser-like sounds because uh, they were testing the car. Um, it's It seems like it's going to be sick, so maybe we'll get more of a, a look at that car, maybe some Any info on the Camaro Z06? Because my neighbor ordered them. The no, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's happening. I think Camaro is done. <laughs> he, he's got one coming in. Uh, okay, well, so the, I don't know how. I don't know, but it's a brand new one. I I I thought the rumor was there was not I going thought, to be. Because, I thought it was too. Yeah, but he's so got we'll it, see. He, he's got it coming. So I I don't All know right. what's going on. It, it's worth doing some due diligence. Yeah, to find if, out. if we well, find some more information about that. I, you know, the, the talk was Camaro sales were not high enough to justify making that car. 
Um, and uh, they were going to probably end production of the Camaro until maybe, I don't know, until it turns into something else, whatever the next generation is going to be. That's what um, I heard also. And then he informed me that he's got one coming in October. So I'm listen, really curious hey, to hey, get to the bottom of it. it. It wouldn't surprise me. It could be a nice little surprise, a nice little you know farewell to the current generation Camaro if they can do something like that. Uh, it Listen, sometimes they sit there and they go, we're not going to sell enough to – to to make financial sense but it could make marketing sense you know bring bring Huge. you know just you know listen the nsx like they said we if we're going to go out we're going to go out with a bang and let's let's do a, a you know a 600 horsepower type s so why not the camaro do that as well you know instead of it kind of a petering off and and going it's the way it should happen yeah i mean you know uh anyway that would be that would be cool that'd be fantastic to see but We'll see. Um, anyway, the garage is good. How'd you uh, How'd you do laying down that foundation? You, uh, you, it was <laughs> It was quite interesting. I got, like I said, I got more content for Goldberg's garage, so I'm uh, I'm out there on one of those swirler machines trying to. Is it like the cement Zamboni? <laughs> yes, yes, and it was terrifying knowing that I was leaving an indelible impression on my garage floor, uh, and I could screw it up exponentially but you know it, it 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 was fun man i had a great time doing it at three o'clock in the morning that was awesome but um i got some good quality <laughs> video of it it's quite entertaining right on well that's good i mean it's going to be exciting as that foundation comes along hopefully the rest starts happening quickly you know oh foundation's finished all the plumbing all the all the electrical everything's done you know so uh we we need to start erecting soon right all right, guys, we're going to wrap things up here. But, uh, you know, appreciate you guys uh, listening. Appreciate your comments on social media. Appreciate the follows and the signups at Drink Bravago. And uh, we think you guys are going to love that. And that's it. So until uh, next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.